0: You're a valuable person. You're not a number. You're not an entry into someone's ledger. You could never be replaced with artificial intelligence or anything else. You are incredibly unique. Your consciousness is nothing that can be bought or sold. I see you, and you see yourself. Who is anybody kidding? Welcome to show number one of smell the inside of your nose. Do it right now. The purpose of this show is to give you some encouragement in these very strange and difficult times and to help you get your best foot forward on the day because your value is recognized here. If you're a small business owner, if you're a wage worker, or someone trying hard to make it in these trying times, you're a hero. You are the heroes and the heroines of this show's story. Regardless of your politics or your religious beliefs, your traditions, Your tribes, you are the value in this economy, and I see you in a world of destruction and degradation. The world should see you for the value that you create and that you produce. So if you're working a job and you have to live in a shelter or a car, this podcast is dedicated to you. You are seen here, and you are not alone here. Different people do different things when they wake up in the morning. First, of course, I smell the inside of my nose and then I hold onto the bed and make sure I'm really here because I can barely believe it. Then I exhale and I step outside and I make sure the stars are still where they usually are. It's a moment of quiet, anxious wonderment every morning. I suppose one might say I'm an empiricist. Things are what they are, but that's a pretty scary idea for a lot of people. It's really early in the morning. It's about 3 o'clock in the morning where I am. And I record these things in the morning. Because I think that's the best way to do it. Because that's when it's going to get played. That's when I'm going to put it online. And it's just going to go across the country as it goes online. On today's show, this inaugural show, I want to discuss some things about the pyramids. Something practical about the pyramids and how it relates to everyday life. This is a subject like many of the topics discussed on this show that will integrate practical and whimsical conjecture, theory and experimentation with thought. What if, what ifness, what if, what if, what efficaciousness, what ificity. a lot of that on this show. If there's an ad in this version, it's going to be right here. So I'll be right back. Okay, thanks for sticking around. If you want to leave a comment, there's a way to do that. If you want to like have your comment read in the Friday feedback show, which I do. Which I'll prepare on Thursday nights and then you know, put out on Friday morning. So you go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash smellcast. And if you do that and you pay, I'll read your comment on the show on Friday. And if you leave a comment at my substack, .substack commercialherschel.substack.com, and I think it's a really good comment, I might read it anyway, even if you don't pay. So it's kind of like a lottery system if you don't pay. But if you pay and you're positive and you're encouraging and you're not divisive, and you have a good attitude. I will read your comment for sure, one hundred percent, on the Friday feedback show. I'm building a sub. I'm building a podcast here, and you know it's a shoestring operation, a bootstrap operation. So, you know, I've got to, I've got to uh, build a business. So it's you can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash smellcast. There's a couple of membership opportunities there. Like there's the Easytopian membership, and there is the Two membership, and you can read all about those memberships at Buy Me a Coffee forward slash Smellcast, or you can go to my Substack at CommercialHerschel.substack.com. That's the best way. You should sign up there and get a free um subscription and that will put you on the mailing list and you'll get all the updates and you'll get access to all of my crazy writing that i do you can go to rumble because i'll be putting this on rumble i'll be putting it on a range of other little formats as many as i can think of to try to build my audience those are all great but if you want to make sure 100 percent then you pay for a comment so like a rumble rant or a rumble contribution or whatever those are called things like that um there will be no super chats because i'm not using blue tube and i'm not using any social media um i just think it's too toxic those media sites those social media sites they're kind of like a bad parent you know they they invade your privacy they waste your time and they sabotage your future i just don't want to help out with that right now they need to have a time out but you're welcome to to share any links that are related to the topic any book references anything you like um and hopefully if i really like your comment i'll read it on the air but if you're but remember all your paid comments will 100% be be read uh, on the feedback show um so for this show i'm going to use an image that you'll find posted at my sub stack commercial com. you don't need to go look at it but it's there in case you want to do that it might be i might be able to post that in some other places too so if i can post it in the rumble if i can post it in the buy me a coffee com forward slash smellcast i might do that you'll easily find it i'll be talking about a building principle that many of us if we're lucky enough to learn it in the building trades know it's a principle called the pyramid or the pyramidal principle now one thing that to remember about this show too you know just because we caught nasa in a couple of fibs and just because everything about outer space can't be understood that does not mean that the world is flat nasa lies does not equal space is fake okay so what we're talking about today you know pyramids and gravity and the fact that gravity comes from the center of the earth and pulls everything into it across the sphere that we live on So I'll describe this image, this very simple concept I'm describing. And if you're a builder, you should understand this, especially if you're a bricklayer or a stonemason or a framing converter. You probably already know this. And if you don't, shame on whoever taught you. So let's just get into some basics. You know, construction of a building starts, of course, with the foundation. And then there's the corners. The corners are built up and the walls between the corners are filled in. So it starts with the corners You build a corner up four feet high, you go to the other corner, you build that corner up four feet high, you know, you get all the corners done and then you run a string, a line across between the corners and then you, so it's all level and you just keep filling the corners in, you know, and you'll put a scaffolding up and then you'll finish the wall on a scaffold and you just keep doing that. And then you just fill the walls in and there'll be windows in there or whatever. All the different things are marked out. They have special codes that you have to know so that you know what to put where. Oh, there's going to be a pipe here. There's going to be a window here. There's going to be a door here. There's going to be you know, a vent or something. So what I have there in the image and I'll describe the image for those of you who aren't looking or who, you know, aren't in a situ- situation to go to his website. I have a horizontal line with two perfectly perpendicular vertical lines coming up from it. Then I took that very same image and I put a band or a, a band or like a curve in the horizontal line. So it looks like a, the curvature of the earth, you know. So what that does is it splits the two vertical lines that I put up apart a little bit and it makes them go outward and away from each other. Okay, so that's the first part of the image. Then I took the horizontal line and I pointed the two vertical lines slightly inward so that they're kind of shaped a little bit like a pyramid or a cone. And then I took the image and I did the same thing. I took the horizontal line with the slightly inward vertical lines and i curved it until the two slightly inward lines pointed perfectly vertical straight up and down you get it so when you build a building of course it starts with the foundation and the corners and all the things building with whatever you're building with brick or stone or blocks or whatever it is the first thing you do is you build the corners make the wall all right so now you got your corners you're filling it in this is the most important thing about this illustration and about what I'm going to ask you to think about later on. When you build a corner, you don't build your corner perfectly plumb, vertically up and down. That's not the proper way to do it. What you do, I want you to imagine that you've got a level. So you've got your level vertical on the ground. The base of the level is on the ground. okay? And you're looking at the two lines in the level And you've got a four-foot level. You've got a base of the level on the ground. You're pointing it vertically. And you see the two lines and the bubble in the middle of the lines in that glass. That glass where that bubble is and where you see the lines in the bubble, that little thing, that's called a lens. So right when your bubble is between the two lines, that's when you know you're perfectly level. Right? Right when that bubble is right in the middle, that's when you know you're perfectly plumb. When you have your level pointed vertically, so you make sure that the level is not perfectly plumb when you're building a corner, you don't want it perfectly plumb, you want to push the bubble of the level to the inside of the outside line. Or if you're using a different kind of a level, you might want to make the bubble cross over that outside line a little bit. So the wall is just barely imperceptibly to the outside of the line. And the corner is going to be imperceptibly just a little bit skewed to the inside of the building as though it's leaning in. You can't tell from a distance at all. But if a building is built properly, that's how the walls are. It should be leaning in, just that ever so imperceptible little bit. And there's a reason for that. And the reason for that is gravity. And that's what the pyramid or the pyramidal principle is. It has to do with gravity and using gravity as a tool to hold your building together. Gravity is your building's friend. It holds it all together. It hugs your building. And it pulls it together from underneath, like if you, do the, if you build the building right. So you're going to use gravity to push the building together so it doesn't fall apart over time. Why? Because the earth is curved and the gravity is coming from the center of the earth. Since gravity comes out of the center of the earth, if you build your wall perfectly perpendicular so that it's perfectly square from the horizontal foundation straight up in the air, then actually over time, gravity could push the building apart. It could push the walls apart. Think about it. Not necessarily, but possibly, and it happens, and you can tell. So you have to compensate for the curvature of the earth and point those corners just so imperceptibly inward i know that sounds weird but that's the right way to do it that's going to help you use gravity as a tool to help hold your building together it's one of the most important tools you have in the building trades so over time it's not going to fall apart i hope that makes sense i hope i was able to articulate that that's why pyramids are still standing there because gravity is their friend not their enemy So if you do a perfectly plumb line from the foundation of your building straight up and you're building the four corners, these four corners should get pushed apart by gravity. So you have to tilt them in a little bit. That is something that's done on every floor of the building. Each floor is built just imperceptibly inward, just a little bit all the way to the top. Great. Great. Here's another great thing to think about too. Is if you look at older buildings where they have a lot of relief work. Back in the old days when they did real work and the people's trades and skills were appreciated. There'd be relief work at the top. Floor hanging off the top of the building or like gargoyles and like all kinds of stuff like protruding bricks and stuff like that. And it looks like they're sticking out. It looks like they're protruding. They're really not. Because the floor is made smaller and everything's leaning in to the center of the building like i said they lean everything inward so that gravity holds it together and so that when the stuff falls down it doesn't land on people's heads it's a really important thing to remember it's kind of like you don't want to fall asleep while you're driving it's the same it's the same builders have to think like that those are very important things to remember when you're building a tall building so let's talk about how that affects the pyramids and how that explains essentially why the pyramids have been here for so long. They're being pushed together by gravity and they can't fall apart because the longer they're there, the stronger they get. Do you see the point? Do you see the point? You see what I did there? Now you're visualizing the top of a pyramid right now because I said, see the point? Get it? Okay, so this is what I'm going to postulate to you or this is kind of what the thought experiment for the day is. What I'm going to try to put out here today is I want you to imagine with me that we don't know what we know about archaeology and the riddle of the way pyramids were built. I just want you to think about this idea about what could have happened because it's my position, and I don't know any more than you do, but it's my position that the pyramids are older than we've been told. But that's not really here here or there to this discussion, but I think that You know, the people who we think built the pyramids found them and used them because they were built by somebody earlier. They could be 20 or or 30,000 years old or even older for all we know. They're at least one Earth cycle older than what we're told. That's my opinion. Don't be mad. Take a deep breath. Smell the inside of your nose. It's going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. Don't panic. It's just an opinion. Somebody might have a different opinion than you. That's okay. So I think the last people to use those pyramids inherited them from the species or the iteration of human civilization that existed before him, or before them, but who knows? It could have been giants who were just using those stones like Legos. They were like, who knows, right? I mean, just picking them up and snapping them together. So it's complete conjecture. I have no way of knowing any more than you do. That's just my opinion. That's just how I feel. But here's what I want you to think about. I want you to think about this idea. What if, just what if, it's a lot of what efficaciousness in this show, a lot of what ifness, okay? Just what if when the people built those pyramids, however they did it, whether they built dirt up on the outside and would like roll up the stones on the dirt and then on some logs or something and then put the stone in place and then when they got that course done, they built up more dirt up there and then pushed it up, you know, who knows? Rolled the stones on some wheels you know, on some logs or something and put them in place. You kept doing that, and then when it was all done, they dug all the dirt out. You know, who knows? But maybe they were built by giants. Who knows? Whatever it was, when it was all done, they pulled the dirt away, or however it was, whatever ancient technology that we don't know about, or aliens, or whatever. This is what I want you to imagine. This is what I want you to think about. I want you to think about this idea. What if those stones? were not cut so perfectly what if they were just roughly cut to the correct size and that they actually had mortar in between them because one of the things we know about the earth is that it rotates and there's a resonance to the earth because of the wobble of the earth and that resonance is known as earth's spherical mode it's the vibration of the earth a very low light vibration that the earth has at all times due to the wobble that our earth has. You can't feel it. It's just always there. It's like this low hum sound. And you can go to the internet and you can find it. Uh, the approximate frequency of the earth's sp- sp- spherical mode is around 7.8 uh, hertz or megahertz or something. It's coincidentally the same primary frequency of the Schumann Resonance. So, the spherical mode is Earth based, and the Schumann resonance is atmospheric and magnetic. It has a lot to do with weather, but it has a lot to do with the relationship between our atmosphere and the wobble of the Earth. And they say the Schumann uh, resonance is also around 7.8, but it fluctuates. It can go as high as 35 or 39, and it fluctuates between like 7.8 or something to like something like 25 over the course of a year. So it's kind of a significant change when you think about the size of our planet in relation to us and other associated matter on our planet. The Earth's spherical mode is a natural oscillation of the planet. And the Schumann resonance is believed to be a manifestation of this oscillation in the electromagnetic field. So there's a relationship there. We live in a vibratory realm. Everything is a frequency Even unseen things are things. What must that feel like to the earth? Just this constant, constant low hum. And we know the pyramids have resonant chambers in them. And some people think that at some point in time, when the earth was pointing, when the poles of the earth were pointing in a different way that those pyramids might have been used to generate magnetic energy or electricity or have some kind of a some kind of a significance to the resonant chambers that are in there so it means those chambers are constantly resonating too perhaps so let's say we suppose that in between all those giant rocks at one time when those pyramids were first built that there was mortar in between them and that they were placed like normal buildings, or there were there was more between them, like like bricks and blocks and stones, in the way that we build things today, or mortar. You could call it mud. Some people call it mud, but generally it's known as mortar. And then over time, as the spherical mode and its human resonance continued to vibrate the earth. It squeezed down all the mortar and crushed the mortar just over time. And the dust fell. And eventually gravity pushed those pyramids together until the stones were touching. And then it continued to do that for another 10,000 years. And every day, every second goes by, a a little bit more vibration. And 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 it just grinds the stones together. What if gravity, over time, ground those stones together ever so slowly till eventually they were touching the stones started touching because all the mortar was gone and then over time every day every second every millifraction they just fused completely flatly together they just vibrated together ever so slowly as though they were cut that way and then over time the erosion on the outside made the outside smooth so maybe they weren't smooth on the outside. What if that happened? Imagine that. Do a time do like a time lapse in your head about the about the pyramid. What if that happened? It's just a thought experiment. It's not even a theory. I just want you to think about how time has made the pyramid stronger. They got stronger and stronger over time due to gravity pushing them together. And the vibration and the residency of the earth and the resonance in those chambers just ground the pyramids together slowly over time. There's probably a million reasons why that couldn't happen. But I don't know. It's just it's just something to think about. It's something practical to think about. The purpose of this conversation is to get you thinking about buildings. Look around at buildings and look at how they're built. Look how a lot of newer buildings are built compared to the older buildings. Look at how buildings that were built in 1890 are still standing there like bomb shelters. And some buildings that were just built in 1990, some of them are already being condemned, and I'm not exaggerating. Just think about it. Like, Just think about what if the pyramids were grounded back together over time because gravity was the most important tool to hold them together. So then, you know, when they go into the pyramids, they go inside them, they're airtight, they're all closed off, and they've got to dig and find the openings, and they've got to, like, tear to pull the rocks out and go in. How did all the dust get in there? Don't they always say how there's dust inside those pyramids? When they find them, there's, like, silt all the way, you know, from, you know, maybe two or three feet of, four feet of silt all over. How'd that get in there? What's that silt from? Is it from the mortar being ground down? And the stones being ground together as the pyramid got pushed together over thousands of years? I don't know. I have no idea. They're airtight though very often. How's the dust gonna get in there? They have to go through these little tunnels and they have to pull the rocks and see what's inside. Hey, look, let's go in there. And there's dust all. Over. What's this dust all? It's this fine silt all over everything. If it's airtight in there and there's no way for it to get in there, why would it be there? Where'd it come from? They talk about it like it's a mystery. What's this dust? I wonder if it's there. I'm not saying I know. I don't know. But it's worth thinking about. I just want to suggest that we think differently about things. That's the purpose of this show. is to try to shake some ideas loose. Especially practical things. Like building things. And making things. And accomplishing goals. And thinking forward. And using time to your advantage. Thinking about how things are affected over time. Boy, I have a Christmas show coming up. Sometime next week, I'm going to do a show about Christmas presents. and I hope you'll tune in with your whole family on that one. Because, so, But thank you so much for listening here. There's If there's an ad in this version, it's going to go right here. And then when I come back, I'm going to ask you a question about something related to this little talk I gave. Something for you to think about throughout the course of the day if you have time. Okay, thanks for hanging around with me. You know, you can go to commercialherschel.substack.com to see the image I put up there. You can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash smellcast. You can go to Rumble. If you'd like to leave a comment that I will read on the Friday Feedback Show, I will read any paid comments, 100% guarantee that I will read them. Please leave any references like links and book references, ideas for other listeners and for me so that we can learn some things together over time. I'll read any paid comments on the Friday Feedback Show, as provided they're polite, provided they're encouraging, and provided they're not divisive. Okay, I'll read anything. So here is my first question for you. Here's the question for today. Here's something for you to think about. I want you to think about this question and wonder, and maybe give me some feedback and give other listeners feedback. Start a comment. Start a conversation at the Substack. And if there's something really good in there, I'll read it. Here's the question. Do you think the people who designed and engineered and built the pyramids, do you think that they knew those pyramids were going to be there 10 or 20 or 30,000 years later? Do you think that they knew that they were, they were building structures that were going to be last at least one Earth cycle, but maybe two or three Earth cycles? Do you think they knew that? Do you think they knew that they were building monuments to their civilization that people would find in 2023? We're still finding things. We're still finding pyramids in 2023 that were built over 10,000 years ago. Do you think they knew they were going to last that long? That's the question. Do you think they really understood the effects of the work that they were doing? Because gravity is the tool that holds them together. What do you think? I'd like to hear your opinion. So thank you so much for listening today. And here is the conclusion for the show. This is how the conclusion goes every day. Every day. Three or four days a week. And then a Friday feedback show. And if we grow enough, maybe we'll do a feedback show on Sunday afternoon that's live. And take questions and have guests and all that. But we'll see. I don't want to get too ahead of myself. But anyway, here's the conclusion. Here's the conclusion. This place is not a joke. When I look up at the stars at night, when I look over the hills during the day, I am consistently reminded that we live on a planet in space, wailing through the galaxy. We are on such a small planet in such a tiny galaxy that no matter where we are in our galactic cycle, the universe of stars seems immovable. That's incredible! We are a moment, an instant, in an endless universe. And every event that has ever happened here, that will ever happen here, happens simultaneously in the snap of a finger. The instances of our existence are so close in proximity that the whole thing is a singular event. It's essentially over already. And it's hard to believe that we're even experiencing it. There are people who would say that makes us insignificant. I very strongly disagree with those people who think that we are insignificant. I think it makes us momentous. Oh my goodness. We are conscious beings who can observe ourselves. We are consciousness observing itself. You are each refractions from a single source of light. You are the individual and the whole simultaneously. You are a masterful, mysterious, and anomalous Paradox, and I'd say that is rather significant. In the context of the time that our galaxy is here, and in the infinitesimal millifraction of time that we each have within that context. The reality of your consciousness and your power to observe and manipulate matter, to use space, the essence of your energy and your planning and the use of time that you have in this three-dimensional plane, the influence of your refraction of the source is immeasurably exponential and expands as far as you are able to observe into the universe. You are a rare And luminescent jewel that can shine on itself from within itself. You are significant beyond the perception of anyone else. Shine on yourself. Shine on others. And what an honor that you shine on me. Now, smell the inside of your nose. Do it right now.